Welcome back to the first episode of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description where you can skip to a section called Final Thoughts, which will be spoiler-free where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Goblin Slayer, which was released in 2018 by Studio White Fox. It is a 12-episode series that comes both in a sub and a dub. I initially watched it in sub, but then I re-watched it in dub because I was new to anime, and I felt like I was missing some things. I was either just reading the subtitles or I was just watching the screen. So I went back and watched it in dub, and it did help me understand a couple of things a little bit better, especially like when they were explaining magic and stuff. So whether you watch it in sub and dub, they're both great. So how I initially discovered this series is it was recommended to me by my friend Curly Bob, who told me it was dark and that I'd enjoy it. And for some reason, I didn't hear him say the dark part, which will come up a little bit later. The story follows a 15-year-old priestess who's new to adventuring. She's a user of light and healing magic. And we join her as she goes to the guild to find her first quest. As she arrives, she meets another group of novice adventurers who invite her to partake in a goblin kill quest. Goblins have been terrorizing villages and kidnapping young girls, and the priestess accepts their offer. I thought it'd be a good idea for her to be in a group for her first quest. Easy way to get your feet wet, safety in numbers. Also, it seemed to be a well-rounded group. We had a bit of a cocky swordsman, a hand-to-hand combat expert, a witch, and with the healing abilities of the priestess, it seemed like we'd be prepared for any situation. But then we see the guild girl look a little worried, And we come to find that goblins are seen as a nuisance and a pest to high-ranking adventurers, and the money for hunting them isn't that good, but we quickly learn not to underestimate them. So I'm going to go really in-depth on the pilot episode because I just thought it was amazing how they set up this world for us, and the pilot episode was just fantastic in my opinion. So I just want to go through some of the mistakes they made. The priestess is a bit of like the voice of reason as they're going through. But the first thing they do is they don't scout the cave. They have no idea the number of enemies they're going to be going up against. They don't know how many entrances or exits there are. They don't have an escape route or plan for just in case things go wrong. And when you're going up against an unknown number of enemies, the smart thing for them would have been to like set some traps at the base of the cave, try to smoke the goblins out whenever the traps didn't take out, then you pick them off. But they couldn't even do that if they wanted to because as we find out, they didn't go to the shop for supplies or items. And this is where this pilot gets amazing. Like, it shows just how unprepared these adventurers are, and it shows just how unprepared we of the viewers are for what's about to happen. So the party doesn't stick together. The swordsman and the martial artist kind of skip off, leaving the priestess and the witch behind. And then suddenly, the priestess and the witch, they get ambushed by goblins. The witch is able to get, like, a fireball spell off, but then she's easily swarmed. She had no physical strength or any close quarters combat at all. She's easily taken down stabbed in the stomach with a dagger and that's when we realize this is not a kid's show the swordsman and the martial artists come back to help they actually kind of take out a few of the goblins but then the swordman gets disarmed by a little bit of foreshadowing that happened earlier as he's just wildly swinging his sword around he hits the roof of the cave and gets disarmed his sword goes flying and he gets violently butchered the martial artist then learns a great lesson that hand-to-hand combat is great but it's not the only tool you should have she definitely should have brought some sort of weapon There's always going to be someone bigger and stronger than you are. And in that case, it came in the form of a hobgoblin. We learned very quickly not all goblins are created equal. As the martial artist throws a kick, it gets caught by the hobgoblin, 
And I thought for sure he was just going to snap her leg like a twig. But instead he just flings her from cave wall to cave wall, smashing her face until he throws her down to the smaller goblins. After they rough her up a little bit is when this show gets raw. The goblins begin tearing off her clothes and forcing themselves upon her. Once the scene with the goblin claws digging into her skin happened, I paused it, I got up from my desk, I walked away, I messaged Curly Bob and I was like, what the hell do you have me watching? He reminded me that it was a dark series and I had to push through and finish the episode. I've seen multiple people who've reacted to this scene on YouTube and people I've talked to, and everyone reacts the same way. It is, it is very shocking. Though the priestess takes this opportunity to help the witch get away, and as they're going, she collapses and takes an arrow to the shoulder. And right as the goblins are going to get her, with a light in the darkness, our hero emerges Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer easily kills the goblin, saves the priestess, and now this is where the tone shift goes from look how unaware these novice adventurers are, to let's see how an expert does it. Many shows will just tell you, like, this person is a master mage, and they fought in the battle of this and that, and they were amazing, and they killed a hundred men, but I'm like, don't tell me, show me. And that's exactly what this anime does. It shows you how much of an expert Goblin Slayer is. He informs the priestess that the witch has been poisoned because goblins lace their weapons with poison, something else these rookie adventurers didn't know, and even though he has the antidote, it's too late to administer it, she would die anyways, and realistically it'd be a waste of a resource. He then kills the witch by her own request to end her suffering, and this just shows the priestess, like, this adventuring gig isn't all fun quests and cashing in rewards, it's ruthless. People are gonna die and you have to be accepting of that. And now we kind of get to see what happens through, like, Goblin Slayer's perspective. They go back to where the initial attack happened. The reason they were ambushed is because they only brought a single torch that can't illuminate the cave properly, leaving hiding spots along the walls and caverns they can't see for the goblins to get behind the adventurers. The swordman put himself at a disadvantage using a long sword in a confined area, which is why he was disarmed. That's why Goblin Slayer uses a short blade. They need to cover themselves in blood to hide their scent. Any good hunter knows that you need to hide your scent. And Goblin Slayer kind of tells the priestess, like, you want to be an adventurer, you might as well get used to blood now. The priestess actually tries to follow a blood trail to help the last surviving party member, but Goblin Slayer, like, knows it's a trap right away. So then, he sets a trap of his own, using the resources he has, like the gasoline he purchased, because he got supplies before he came. And he also finds out what the priestess's skills are, so he can use her to help him as well. So he blinds the remaining goblins with the priestess's light magic, making sure to kill the shaman first. Take out the leader. Then, he doesn't just go and attack everybody, he then does a tactical retreat, luring the hobgoblin into his tripwire and killing him. He didn't even have to face their biggest enemy, he got him into a trap, took him out easy. And then he finished off the rest of the smaller goblins. The whole time he's doing this, he's also keeping a kill count, which I just find hilarious, it's like his little combo meter. And then we come to a moral dilemma of killing the goblin children. The priestess wants to know if goblins can be good, as they're just children. And Goblin Slayer points out, if he lets them survive, they're going to grow. They're going to learn from what happened during this attack. They're going to adapt, and they'll be more difficult to fight next time. Which is why he never leaves survivors. They just, they learn from previous battles and just get more and more advanced. As for character design, I love Goblin Slayers. He's armored all over, glowing red eye, small round shield, short blade. He looks dope. And later we see other adventurers kind of mocking his armor, but I think it looks awesome. And it's very effective as we see. He gets his ass whooped a lot in this series. Stops daggers. Like, it's good armor. I don't know why they're always mocking him. As for his motivation, Goblin Slayer has a singular focus. All he wants to do is kill goblins. Adventurers are discussing the heroes defeating a demon lord. I don't care. Got goblins to kill. 
Meeting the sword maiden, no introductions, I'm here to kill goblins. She asks him, will you save our town? I don't know about saving towns, but I know about killing goblins. <laughs> like, just everything with this guy's goblins and I love it. When there are no goblin related quests, he's in town for supplies, weapons, armor repair, and when he's at home, he's on the farm doing chores or doing his daily ritual, which is to patrol his property, looking for signs of goblins scouting his place, such as footprints or damage to his fence. Everything in this guy's life is about goblins. And this can all be attributed to his backstory. Now, before we see his backstory after the first episode, I was talking to my boy Curly Bob who explained to me he was he was a little bit more, he reads the manga. And he was telling me you don't really see the guy's face or nothing like that. So what I thought it was, is I speculated what had happened to him, is that the reason we don't see his face is because he's half goblin. I thought that his mother fell victim to the goblin's antics. She became pregnant, but she kept and raised him. And I thought he was deformed, and that's probably why he wears all the armor and the helmet. And I also thought it might explain the glowing red eye as well. So as a kid, I figured the villagers probably ostracized him and his mother, so he had some self-hatred for his goblin slide. And then it would also explain why he works alone and why he's very socially awkward, as we see, especially when he's talking to the priestess about what a discussion is. Like, he just does not have basic social understandings. But it turns out I was completely wrong. That's not even close. He's human. And uh, from what we learned in the final episode, he's actually quite handsome. And uh, that was actually one of the things I didn't like about this series, is I wish they had kept up with the no one really knows what he looks like around the guild shtick. I thought that was funny when the... Uh, the adventurer who fights with the spear talks to him and doesn't realize he's talking to Goblin Slayer. Also, the scene in Watertown where he's getting his armor repaired, but he keeps the helmet on the entire time. I thought that was one of the most funnier parts in this otherwise dark series. His real backstory is that his sister was protecting him and she was brutally tortured and killed in front of him while he hid and he felt weak. So he trained to overcome his own fears and stop things like that happening to other families. Like in the last episode, he mentions no one came to save his village when it was attacked. And I think deep down, he kind of wants to be that person. As for the priestess, she actually takes Goblin Slayer's advice and buys some armor. It is chainmail, which isn't the best, but it'd prevent puncturing from an arrow and help against a slice from a blade. So it's, it's better than nothing. I also like the fact that it goes under her robe so she gets to keep her priestess aesthetic while still being protected. I hate nothing more than when a fighting anime has the characters battle in normal clothes. It makes no sense to me. Like, why would you not want to be protected? The priestess can also use three miracles a day, which I thought was nice because it stopped her from being overpowered, and I felt that she had the best progression through the entire series. Each battle, she became more confident and useful. Against the ogre, she blocked a very strong magical attack and protected her comrades. In Watertown, she put up two nice shields, and she put the glow ball on the alligator's tail so the goblin's boats would be attracted to it because they know adventurers use light, so they fell right into that trap. Uh, fun fact, I was confused if after the battle with the champion, if Goblin Slayer and the Priestess slept in the same bed together or they actually slept together. I'd asked my boy Kaylee Kale and he told me that if they sleep in the same bed as a virgin, it's like a miracle heal. So I was just kind of like, man, let's keep that girl pure forever so we got a super heal whenever we need it. Uh, we also had Cowgirl. She was an alright character, the typical childhood friend of the protagonist who doesn't really fawn all over him until he's surrounded by other girls. She feels guilty because she was away when their village was attacked by goblins when they were younger, so she at least tries to understand Goblin Slayer better than anyone else. When it comes to the High Elf, Dwarf Shaman, Lizard Priests, the show did well in introducing the characters and I had no issues with them, but I just didn't feel any connection to them. Like, it was nice to see Goblin Slayer in a party, 
but like if one of them had died in battle, I would have cared less. I had zero attachment to these characters, which is weird because usually I would have some sort of investment in a side character. The music in this series, it, it didn't stand out. The score wasn't like one of those ones where you feel the music building during an epic fight and you like you get hyped because of the music. And as far as the intro song, it was it was an intro song. The intro itself, the opening and endings, they're not they were nothing special either, but I'm okay with that because I've seen series where the the intro is better than the whole show. It's like, why didn't you put that in in the show? So I was fine with the uh, the intro and outro just being yeah. The animation in this series was really good. There was no point where the quality of the drawings dropped off. There was a couple of CG moments, but it was never like really overall noticeable. When it comes to the fight scenes, they were all solid. And what I mean by solid is it wasn't the craziest choreography you're ever going to see, but everything was clean. There was no drop off in quality during the big fights like you see in other shows. The first time we see Goblin Slayer struggle, it's because he's going head to head with a powerful monster that isn't a goblin. And you know, we see him get tossed into a pillar because he's just not used to fighting things that aren't goblins. Uh, Everyone contributed in the battle against the Ogre. We got to see everyone's kind of spells and skill sets, which I thought was cool. And then we have the oh my god moment, like using the scroll to cut down the ogre before finishing him off at the end. Having the scroll be like a transportation scroll that connected to the bottom of the ocean. That was really cool. That was creative. I really enjoyed that. As far as the champion fight scene, even leading up to it, all the lessons we learned from episode one were brought back. They mapped out the canals. They knew they couldn't be attacked because the walls were made of stone, so there was no ambush, from the walls at least. Uh, Explained why they didn't need to be covered in blood. The only problem I had with this is them just booting the door in and going in. I just just don't feel like, like Goblin Slayer is smarter than that. Like, yeah, kind of had to know it was a trap. But that got fixed by the epicness of Goblin Slayer choking out the champion with hair before going elbow deep in his eye socket. After being hit out of the park and coughing up blood. After he sees the priestess get hurt and he gets back up, takes out the champion, and then he looks at all the smaller goblins and he's just like, who's next? Like, that was a dope scene. That was really good. Uh, the highlight of that fight, though, was when the, the camera kind of came out and it did like a slow-mo. It wasn't 360, but like you just saw all the goblins going flying as Goblin Slayer was taking them out. That was a really cool scene. I really enjoyed how they did that. And just many components like that is what I think made this fight scene the best in the series, in my opinion. Even seeing the priestess lose concentration when Goblin Slayer got hurt, and she really reverted back to how she was in episode one. She was absolutely terrified. And then the high elf almost got that episode one treatment when she was getting her clothes ripped off. And then to end off the episode with the shot from the canary's eye glare, just seeing the reflection, that was a really great way to end the episode. So when it comes to the ending fight, it gave us more insight into just Goblin Slayer's expertise. He mapped out everything from the human meat shields, the goblin riders, where they would attack from, and he had plans in place to deal with everything the goblins would throw at them. The highlight of the battle, in my opinion, is when the spear guy just kind of like easily dodges the attack from the chain, and then he runs up it before killing the champion. That was awesome. And the young adventurer Goblin Slayer gave advice to for getting his sword back by using a club. We see him get saved by armor that he bought. I loved it. Once again, shows without wearing armor. It's stupid. You need protection. The final fight between the Goblin Slayer and the Goblin Lord, it was good, but it fell short for me. I mean, the priestess using the two protections to enclose the Goblin Lord, that was creative, and the blade kind of getting shoved deeper into his stomach. And when she wouldn't let him out, even though he turned on the waterworks, I think that showed growth for her. Like, she she matured. She saw through the act. She was just hiding in the woods the entire time. 
Could she have not stepped in a few head stomps earlier to prevent some brain damage for Goblin Slayer? I mean, she just sat there and watched as he was getting stomped on. Overall, I think the ogre battles and the champion battles oh shine this fight. Next, I'm just going to go through some nitpicks. Just little things that bothered me but weren't enough to really take away from the series. The first would be, I hated the fact that the elf and the priestess tried to put restrictions on how they fought the goblins. Like, we've seen fire be a great asset to killing goblins throughout the show. They weren't complaining about water when it saved them from the ogre. And the goblins use poison on them, so why wouldn't you do the same? The goblins show the adventures no consideration or mercy, so I don't understand why that why they extended that courtesy back to them. It didn't make sense to me. Like, you should use all the tools at your disposal. That's like tying one iron behind Goblin Slayer's back then sending him into battle. The next thing that's a nitpick is Goblin Slayer's always throwing his sword. It's like, dude, you have throwing knives in your belt. Stop throwing your friggin' sword away. Every time he did it, it just made me mad because I was like, I wonder if he's going to get that back or if he's just going to be, like, weaponless for the next couple minutes. I believe it was episode 10 was mostly just a recap episode. I hate recap episodes in general, but especially in a 12-episode series, there's no reason for one. It was just unnecessary. And the only thing that was, like, new that got shown is Goblin Slayer discovering that goblins were scouting his home, which was cool because all that patrolling that he did, it wasn't for nothing. Like, there's a payoff for it. But that reveal wasn't worth an entire episode of things we'd already seen. This part of the show I call Best Girl, Waifu, and Harem. It's just who's the best girl if anyone in this show has waifu qualities and if I would want anyone in my harem. So for me, I choose best girl as being superior to all others through their traits and abilities. And for that, I'm picking guild girl. I like her and Goblin Slayer together. I think they'd be a good couple. She was always very kind to him, even when all the other adventurers kind of avoided him. I enjoyed when Goblin Slayer sat in on the promotion exam. It showed that the guild has other jobs than just handing out quests, such as promoting adventurers and giving disciplinary action, like to the scout who tried to shortchange his party. And when he thought about attacking, he just had the daydream of Goblin Slayer messing up his world, and that just stopped him. I thought that was a great moment. But what puts her over the top is when she got a gold coin for every Goblin Slain in the final battle. She put that up as a reward, and that got all the fighters to join. And I think that she did that because she knows Goblin Slayer just recently started working in a party, he usually works alone. So if the expert on goblins tells everyone there's an issue that he can't handle alone, she knows it's serious. So she uses her resources at the guild to not only help him get those extra fighters, but really save the city. And I think that's why she's best girl. As for waifu, I can't put her in waifu category. Just personally, I just can't put her there. Same with harem. There was, there's no one in this series I would put in my harem. Alright, final thoughts. I absolutely love Goblin Slayer. It was a great action-adventure story with a compelling main character, very solid fights. I would recommend everyone watch this except for children and someone who has an issue with gore. Quick disclaimer, the first episode is very polarizing, but if you make it through it, the rest of the series is smooth sailing, and it's definitely worth it. I hold Goblin Slayer in very high regard. Alright, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us, and I hope to see you in next week's. Bye.